Hi everybody, this is Scott George and welcome to our online worship service this Sunday. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord hath made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. So I am rejoicing with you. I'm really looking forward uh, to our time together and I want to welcome you to our online worship uh, experience. This, uh, this Sunday, we're going to continue our series uh, of hymns, hymns of hope, help, and healing. And today we're going to be talking about the women with the issue of blood and, and the hymn uh, that uh, is so powerful. I've reached out and I've touched the hem of his garment. We're going to look today about taking risks, uh, fighting discouragement, and reaching out in faith to touch God to heal you. This whole month is going to, has been a theme on hymns and healing. And at the end of the service, I'm going to come and I'm going to pray with you that God would uh, heal your body and make you well. So uh, we've got some great worship uh, that's getting ready to, to happen. We're going to worship together. So all throughout Central Florida, we're all going to come together and we're going to worship together. And Sandra has a wonderful, wonderful children's message. I'm going to come in just a few minutes and talk to you about how to fight discouragement, how to press through and take risks and how to reach out in faith. So stay tuned. It's going to be really, really, really good. And we're glad you're with us today. God bless you. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us for our virtual live stream service here at Pinecastle United Methodist Church. My name is Jim Poling, and today is a day of celebration for us because, you see, 10 years ago, Scott George was appointed senior pastor of Pinecastle United Methodist Church. You can all stand up in your living room now and yell Yahoo and annoy your neighbors. But anyway, if you ask him, I'm sure Pastor Scott would say, man, it feels like I've been here a decade. But no, it's only been 10 years, a decade, 10 years well, anyway, anyway, we want to take a moment here to uh, honor Pastor Scott and Tammy uh, for and by giving them one of their favorite things, which is a cruise. But you see right now, of course, it's not a good idea to go on a cruise right during this pandemic. So what we've decided to do is uh, we're giving them a, uh, a certificate that they can cash in later on for a cruise once the pandemic is over. And that's just one of their favorite things to do so that they can uh, have a chance to get out on the ocean and relax. And today, if you're on Facebook, be sure to reach out to uh, Pastor Scott and uh, congratulate him on 10 years of ministry here at Pine Castle United Methodist Church. Okay, our PC share for this week. What obstacles are you fighting that keep you from your miracle? Pastor Scott will be delving into that during his message here in just a few moments. And you can post that on your social media accounts, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, be sure when you do that, that you tag Pinecastle United Methodist Church on Facebook and at Pinecastle UMC on Twitter and Instagram. Well, you've all seen the news this week and it hasn't been good regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. COVID-19 cases are way up in our area. They're hitting record numbers. And in light of this dramatic increase, your leadership team has made the difficult decision to postpone the resumption of our in-person worship that we had scheduled for July the 12th. That was always a soft opening date because we didn't know what was going to happen and uh, it did happen this past week. So keep an eye on our website, pinecastleumc.com. David Taylor does a great job of keeping that up to date. And of course, during our virtual services here on Sunday morning, we will also keep you up to date as to uh, what uh, what we're planning on doing and when we do plan to resume uh, in-person worship. We know it's a frustrating time. I don't know about you, but I'm not fond of wearing one of those masks in public, but you know, 
we have to do what we have to do and I'm missing I miss shaking hands and hugging people and uh, I'm not fond of having to social distance but we are here to remind you today that even in the season of social distancing God is not distant at all Open up my eyes in one 
Good morning, kids. Today, I want to talk to you about courage. Courage is the ability to face fear, to be brave. Well, I know many of you have memorized Joshua 1.9, and if you've not memorized it, I know you've heard it many times. Be strong and brave. Do not be afraid. Those are easy words to say but can be hard to put into action. Sometimes it's hard to be brave and strong when you're fearful. It might be hard to have courage. What about if your mom or dad or granddad were holding your hand? Would it be easier to be brave? Would it be easier to have courage? It probably would. Well, Isaiah 41:13 says, I am the Lord your God. I take hold of your right hand. I say to you, do not be afraid. I will help you. Wow. God takes hold of my right hand. God holds my hand. 
Have you ever thought about that? God holding your hand to help you be brave, to help you have courage, to help you follow through with whatever you need to do? Hmm. Well, I have a jar of sand. And let's think about this. If I put sand in my hand and I hold on to it tight, this sand is my fear. Hold your hand tight. Hold your fear in your hand. What is that fear? Maybe going to school this new year. Maybe making new friends. Maybe taking tests. Or maybe you don't know how to swim and you're scared of swim lessons. There are all kinds of things that cause us fear and anxiety and make us scared. But what if you were to take that fear and hold God's hand? You can't hold somebody's hand and hold fear at the same time. You have to let go of that fear. When God holds your hand, he can't hold on to your fear. You got to let it go. And his strong hand will be there with you to help you. The Bible also says, perfect love casts out fear. Well, God is perfect. God has perfect love. So with that love, we can't hold on to that fear if we're holding on to him. God loves you so much that he takes your hand. And you know what? He is walking hand in hand with you through life. He wants to be there. He wants to hold your hand. And you know what? I don't think you have to take hold of his hand. He already has a hold of yours. You just have to accept that and say, okay, God, you have my hand. Now I have courage and I can be brave. And I can do whatever I need to do. Isn't that a great place to be? To know that God is walking hand in hand with us. He has my hand in his hand. And that is a pretty strong hand. I want to pray with you. But I don't want you to fold your own hands today. I want you to go take the hand of somebody next to you. And I want you to feel their hand holding yours. And imagine that as God's hand holding your hand. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for taking my hand into your hand. Thank you for holding my hand and being there with me to walk through whatever I need to walk through, to give me the courage that I need, to help me to be brave and to be strong. Don't let me forget that your hand is holding tightly onto mine because I always want to walk through life with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, when you need to, just close your eyes and imagine your hand in that big, strong hand of God's. Now, it's time for me to pass it off to one of the strongest spiritual men I know, and that's Pastor John, who is going to now receive our tithes and our offerings. I hope to see you next week. Bye. Good morning. It's good to be worshiping with you today. 
I got excited about tithing. I know that sounds like a subject one wouldn't get too excited about, but I asked myself the other day, why do you tithe? And then I thought, maybe others ask that same question. When I talk about tithing and giving, why do I tithe? I ask you, why do you tithe? And if you don't tithe, I ask you that same question. Why not? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus has something to say about tithing. He said, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites in the synagogues do. But truly, I tell you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let the left hand know what the right is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Why do I tithe? Well, first of all, I want to obey God. In the Old Testament, the obedience to tithing was to obey the law, but Jesus came and brought grace. But there is the spirit of the law that's with us, and the spirit of the law of tithing is it's what God wants. So I like what God says about the rewards. Everyone likes rewards. I think it's perfectly okay to look forward to reward. And God promises what we give in secret, there are rewards. So as you give today in secret, look for God's reward in a variety of ways. It's time for the offering. Thank you, God. God bless this offering today. Let it be for others as it is for us, a great blessing of rewards, not only to those who receive, but as we give to us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, good morning, church. Hope you're doing well. This is Pastor Scott George, and uh, we're going to, in the next few moments, uh, look into God's uh, Word and uh, be encouraged today. And uh, at the end of our time together, I'm going to pray for those of you that are uh, sick and believe that God is going to heal you today. As many of you know, uh, we're in a, a year-long series on hymns, hymns for help, hope, and healing. And today is the, uh, the last uh, in our series on healing. And we are looking at a beautiful hymn called, I've Touched the Hem of His Garment. Beautiful hymn written by uh, George Root in uh, 1887. And George was an accomplished uh, author. Uh, he wrote over 75 books. Now, this is in the 1800s. He wrote over 200 hymns. And uh, one of his great gifts to us today is the, uh, the hymn, I've touched the hem of his garment. George Root was a, was a publisher. And it's interesting. Uh, he's very accomplished, very popular, a very successful uh, publisher. And um, in 1871... In the Chicago fire, uh, his entire company was burned uh, to the ground. In those days, he lost, uh, experts say, over $250,000 back then, which means that was probably several million dollars. And he, uh, like many of the, the hymn writers, faced difficulty and faced struggles. And uh, this was certainly one major issue, and yet he was uh, still had the faith to write to us about faith. 
as I've said many times, most of the hymn writers that we've been looking at over this past year, they all face difficulty. They all face trials. They all face uh, hardships. And I find great comfort in that because these are people are not writing from, uh, you know, their palace. I mean, they're writing many times uh, filled with doubt, discouragement, uh, despair, loneliness, heartache. And yet uh, they still have the faith uh, to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to use them to write. And even um, hundreds of years later, they still have uh, life and hope and, and purpose for all of us. Let me read a couple of the, uh, uh, just a couple of the uh, verses. It's a short, short hymn. It says, uh, and it's, it's based on the woman in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, who, uh, you know, reached out to touch the hem of his garment. Uh, it says, verse 1, in faith, she touched the hem of his garment. As to his side, she stole amid the crowd that gathered around him, and straightway she was made whole. I've touched the hem of his garment, and now I too am free. His healing power this very hour gives life and health to me. Verse 2, she came with fear and trembling before him. She knew her Lord had come. She felt that from his virtue he had healed her. The mighty deed was done. And then verse 3, he turned with daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made you whole, and peace which passes all understanding with gladness filled her soul. George Root uh, gives us a beautiful gift uh, by writing the hymn, I've touched the hem of his uh, garment. You know the story. Uh, you've heard it many, many times in Matthew chapter 9. Um, this woman heard that Jesus was coming to town. Uh, she was uh, faced with many obstacles. The Bible says that she was uh, she had uh, a sickness for, for, for 12 years, paid all her money to doctors, and yet she was still sick with an issue of blood. And the Bible says that she, uh, she reached out and she uh, touched the hem of his garment. And uh, Jesus knew that someone had touched, touched him. And he turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples said, well, there's a thousand people here. What do you mean who touched you? He said, no, someone just touched me. And he confronted with compassion this, this woman and said, woman, your faith has made uh, you well. And we're going to look at that today. I think there's some powerful principles that we can learn from George Root and his hymn. I've touched the hem of his garment, and of course, out of Matthew chapter 9. So if you have your Bibles, go with me. We're going to, we're going to just uh, talk about uh, the, uh, the great illustration that is given to us by the fact that she reached out to touch the hem of his garment. Think about that. She didn't touch his head. She didn't touch his hand. She, uh, she didn't touch any other part of his body. She touched the hem of his garment. And there's a reason uh, for that today. We're going to look into this. And um, if you go to Numbers in, in the Old Testament, and it will be on your screen, you can follow along, but Numbers... Uh, chapter 15, we're going to look at verse uh, 37 and 38 and 9. If you with me, say amen. So here it is. Uh, Numbers 15, verse 37. Why did she touch the hem of his garment? Verse 37 says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make a tassel. Now circle that word. You are to make a fringe on the corners of your garments 
with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember the commandments of the Lord your God, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourself by going after the lusts of your own hearts and eyes. Wow, what a powerful verse of scripture. Here God commands Moses, he says, I want you to speak to the children of Israel so that from generations to come, you will see, you will look at the tassel, or that word there means fringe, to remind you to keep pure and to follow God. Now, what does that have to do with Matthew chapter 9 and the women with the issue of blood touching the hem? You see, history tells us that, that um, on the hem of the garments, there would be tassels, there would be fringes. Um, Another phrase, and I'll get to this in just a second, but uh, wing-like, that's what it means, fringe, wing, or tassels. And these tassels would be a reminder. So when the woman with the issue of blood, when she reached out to touch the hem, she was touching the tassel. They, they were commanded to have a tassel on, on each corner of the robe, so four tassels. And this tassel was on the fringe, this tassel was visible, this tassel was, was a, a, a visible reminder for generations to come that you're going to follow the Lord your God, and he's to be your only God, and the focus should be on him. Now, now uh, these, these tassels, uh, they were prominent, and they were visible, and you could see them. History tells us and by the way, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a tassel here, and I took this off of uh, Tammy's uh, curtain. So don't, don't tell her, because uh, I'm going to replace it, so I don't get in trouble. But this is just a tassel, and it was, it was much uh, like this. It was very, very visible. You could see it. You could touch it. It was a symbol for when you would look at it or touch it, it will remind you to follow God and to serve God. And, and his number says not to prostitute yourself among other gods, but to let this be a reminder. Now, this is interesting. These tassels were made of the colors white and blue. And you'll read that in Numbers chapter 15. We just read it. White is the color of the heavens. Blue is the color of royalty. And it also means the Holy Spirit. Now, I find this very interesting. If you look at the color of the nation of Israel, the flag is made of two colors. And guess what they are? White and blue. I, I, I find that interesting. I don't think that is a mistake. That the national flag of, uh, of the nation of Israel is two colors. White, symbolic of the heavens. Blue, symbolic of royalty. Or the Holy Spirit. So these tassels were a symbol that when you would look at them, they would remind you to stay on track, to keep fighting the fight of faith, to stay pure, to stay holy. It's also interesting that these tassels were tied in 613 knots. Each tassel was tied 613 knots, symbolic of 
the law, the 613 laws of Moses. So there was tremendous symbolism in these tassels. It reminded the children of Israel to stay pure, to stay clean, to stay focused, to keep their faith in God. And it also reminded them of the laws, 613 knots, symbolical laws of the people to follow the commandments of God. It was white, speaking of heavens. It was blue, symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit and royalty. So I say all that to say this, that when this woman reached out to touch the hem of his garment, she was reaching for the tassel. She was reaching for the reminder. She was reaching for the symbol that she was going to keep God first and she was going to stay focused on him. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, she was reaching out in faith and she touched the tassel. She touched the hem of his garment. Now, stay with me. I've got one more scripture. I want to tie this in and then we're going to get into some lessons that we can, that we can learn today. I said that word tassel means fringe or wing-like. Wing, W-I-N-G, wing-like. It was, it was on the fringe. It was on the outer. Now, go with your Bible, and it will be on the screen. Go to Malachi, just for a moment. That's the last book in the Old Testament. And I want you to go to Malachi chapter 4, and look what it says in verse 4, uh, verse 2. Malachi chapter 4, verse 2. But you who revere my name, the son of righteousness, will rise with healing in its wing. Wow. Numbers 15 tells us that we are to put the tassels on the fringes or the wing, the outer part of the garment. And then in Malachi, he says, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wing. Powerful truth. When that woman with the issue of blood, when she reached out to touch the tassel, when she reached out to touch the hem, when she reached out to touch the fringe, when she reached out to touch the wing, she was reaching out in faith, and Malachi says that the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wing. What does that mean? That means that Jesus is full of healing power, and all you have to do is touch the outer edge. All you've got to do is touch the wing. All you've got to do is be on the outskirts. And if you touch in faith, you will be well. The Bible says in Matthew that, that, that Jesus was looking over Jerusalem. He said, oh, I wish I could bring you in as chicks and I would, I would cover you with my wings. What a powerful truth that, 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 that God is available today through the power of the Holy Spirit that all we've got to do is get under that wing. All we've got to do is get close enough. All we've got to do is reach out and touch the hem. All we've got to do is reach out and touch the fringe. We don't have to touch him. We can be on the outer edge. And if we're under that wing, the Bible says that the Son of Righteousness will rise up with healing in his 
wing that talks about grace. It talks about mercy. It talks about just being close enough that when you hear that Jesus is coming by, that you can reach out, touch the hem of his garment. I'm reminded of a, a, a bird, um, a mother bird uh, w w with their chicks. Now, that, that mother bird just, just covers them and protects them and keeps them safe. And when the woman with the issue of blood, when she just reached out to touch the hem, the tassel, the wing, it was enough to bring her healing and bring her wholeness and bring her, bring her wellness. And she was instantly healed. What a powerful, powerful story out of Matthew chapter 9, verse 20. Uh, let me give you a couple of um, thoughts um, as we move forward here today. And I've preached this many times. I've read this hundreds of times. It's a great story. And each time you read it, you get a new perspective. So here's uh, three points that I'm going to talk to you today about and how we can apply this story to our lives. Here's the first thing. Number one, what I admire about this woman with the issue of blood is that she fought discouragement. See, there was a, there was a battle. Uh, there was hardship she was faced with difficulty, and she fought discouragement. You see, she was sick. She had spent all the money that she had. She was fatigued. She was tired. She was isolated. She was shamed. And I love this. Faith must always pass the test of discouragement. I don't know if you've ever been discouraged. Um... And most people think at times just because I'm a pastor that I'm, I'm void of, of facing discouragement. I can tell you in the past, uh, past year, there's been many times for uh, opportunities for me to become discouraged. And I, like you, uh, you get discouraged. What I love about this woman with the issue of blood is she fought against discouragement. Now, what is courage? Courage is the ability to face difficulty Danger or pain bravely without fear. And that's exactly what the woman with the issue of blood did. She fought difficulty. She fought danger. She fought pain. She fought through her shame. She fought through her fatigue. She fought through her isolation. She fought through the fact that she had spent all the money she had. She was broke and she was sick. And yet she fought against that spirit of, of discouragement. And I want to speak to you today. There's many that are, that are watching, and you're just, you're, just, uh, you're just discouraged. You're discouraged by what's going on with COVID-19. You're discouraged uh, with issues in your marriage. You're discouraged with your kids. You're discouraged with your country. You're discouraged with what's going on in our nation. And there's a lot to be discouraged about. And I want to encourage you today to reach out like that woman, and fight against discouragement. We're all going to get discouraged. That's why Jesus said so many times. In fact, I think it's about 114 times. Jesus says, be of good courage. Don't allow difficulty. Don't allow danger. Don't allow pain. Don't allow shame. Don't allow fatigue. Don't allow isolation to keep you from pressing through and fighting that spirit of discouragement. The enemy would love to come in, and if he could do anything else, he'd love to discourage you. But I want to speak to you today. Pine Castle, be of good courage. Be strong. 
Be full of, of, of God's might. Be courageous in the face of difficulty and danger and pain. With bravery, fight through discouragement. I'm reminded of the, uh, the scripture in, in Joshua chapter 1. Where uh, Joshua, his name means God saves. I like that. God saves. And, and it, he was told in, in verse 9, be strong and courageous. He said it again, be strong and courageous. And so I just speak that word over you today. Pine Castle, be strong. Uh, be courageous. Be of good courage. Fight through discouragement. Don't allow isolation. Don't allow fatigue. Don't allow your sickness. Don't allow your depression. Don't allow your circumstances to, 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 to steal the bravery that's in you. I see you full of bravery today. And that bravery's got to come forth by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as you reach out and you touch his tassel and you get near and you get under his wing, he fills you with the faith to believe that your circumstances can change. And that woman with the issue of blood, all she had to do was just, just get on the fringe. Just touch his hem. Just get to the, the tassel. And if you can get there, you can be made well. She did that. So, so, so fight uh, discouragement today. Let me read this quote to you. I love it. Permanence, perseverance, and persistence, in spite of all obstacles, discouragement, and impossibilities, it is this that in all things distinguishes the strong soul from the weak. That's Thomas Carlyle. Permanence, perseverance, and persistence is what will distinguish you from a soul that is weak. And we can learn from uh, George Root. We can learn from the woman with the issue of blood. All I got to do is reach out and touch the hem of his garment, and I will be made well. Here's number two, point number two. Number one, fight discouragement. Number two, push. Push. Now, you may not think that that's a, a spiritual word, but as I was studying and praying and looking at this, I, I just saw this woman uh, push through. There was a crowd, and there was reason for her to give up, but she pushed through. And, and, and you've got to be able to push. I can't push for you. You can't push for me. There's going to be times in our lives where all you can do is just push. Uh, I like the acronym. Uh, push means persist until something happens. Some people say pray until something happens. But she pushed. And because she pushed, she was able to get through to touch that tassel, to get under the hem, to get on the fringe so that she could get her healing. She pushed. That had to come from within her. You see, you're either... Uh, pushing forward or you're getting pulled back and this woman was not going to be pulled back she was not going to allow her circumstances to 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 keep her from getting under that wing and touching his tassel and touching his hem and getting her miracle she pushed so i would encourage you today number one to fight discouragement and number two to push just just keep fighting keep pushing and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to push through your obstacles and you'll be able to get to that miracle that God has for you. Uh, I can't help but think of how many times in that crowd people told her uh, to shut up. 
to, to, to keep your place, to uh, stay where you are, uh, to, 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 to uh, not push and not uh, mess things up, but to just stay where you are. And she was on the fringe and she made her way. It's interesting um, that she, um, she got on her knees. She was so desperate. She pushed enough. And then she had to get on her knees and she had to touch the hem, the bottom, the dust, the, the feet, people kicking her, people yelling at her. She pushed through. Um, there's, a, there's a photo on your screen from uh, a beautiful painting that I saw in the Holy Land. And it's from the Port Magnola. And this is in the chapel there of the port. And we were there with many people from Pinecastle. We saw this. It was a beautiful, beautiful. It's probably 10 foot tall by maybe 20 foot. And it's a mesmerizing photo. And all you see is people's feet. And it's there on your screen. And all you see is a woman reaching out and touching the fringe, the hem, the tassel of his, of his garment. Beautiful photo. You don't see the faces, you don't see anything, but, but, but the woman on her knees, you see the soldier's feet, you see Jesus, and you see her reaching out, touching. What was she doing? She was pushing through, and that's what you've got to do. Number one, fight discouragement. Number two, push. And then number three, take risks. Take risks. You've got to come to the point where you've got nothing to lose and you're desperate enough to take risks. And when I read this story, I see this woman uh, taking risks. I see her uh, just in self-abandonment, just being full of faith and be willing to take a risk. And, and I found most times when you take a risk and you're led by the Holy Spirit, He will always be there to guide you and lead you and help you. Um, let me read a quote that, that, that came across um, by Theodore Roosevelt. It says, No man is worth his salt who is not ready at all times to risk his well-being, to risk his body, to risk his life in the great cause that is before him. Theodore Roosevelt. Jim Rohn says, if you are not willing to risk the unusual, you will settle for the ordinary. Dennis Waitley says, life is inherently risky. There is only one risk you should avoid at all costs, and that is the risk of doing nothing. Take risks. By faith, do something you've never done before. And when you take risk, usually the power of the Holy Spirit will be there to help you. Uh, as you know, um, our nation is, is faced with a, with a, a great uh, division, racial division. It's uh, toxic. It's filled with anger and it's filled with hate and it's filled with division. And it, it has not only made me uh, sad, but it's made me mad. And I've determined that, that it's so complex and I certainly can't do everything, but I've got to do something. And so um, this past week, we had a couple of repair guys come to our house to, to, to fix uh, our refrigerator. 
and they happen to be African-American. And everything was going really, really well, and, and they were able to fix, thank goodness, the refrigerator, and, and we were happy about that. But, but as they were leaving, I felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to take a risk. Now, I don't know these guys. I do know the name is AJ and Andres, and um, never met them before, never seen them before. They were just doing their job, and, and, and they did a great job, and they were pleasant, and we had a great interaction. But as they were leaving, um, I felt the Holy Spirit just say, it's time to take a risk. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like, because I thought it was really awkward, I didn't like what I felt I was supposed to do. I don't know if you've ever had that situation before, but it's happened to me many times. I usually find out that when I obey, uh, that God usually comes through for me. And so I just felt impressed. And so as they were leaving, I just looked at both of them and I said this. I says, guys, AJ, Andreas, I want you to know that I don't hate you. And I mean, there was a long pause and it was a little awkward. I told them, I says, I says, I don't like what I'm seeing in our country. I don't like what I'm seeing with this division, but I want you to know I don't hate you. And there was a long pause. And I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what was going to happen. And you know what happened? AJ, after a few seconds of just awkward tension and awkward uh, uh, just feelings, he said this. He says, can I hug you? <laughs> and I didn't expect that. And here we are in our home, a white man and, and, and a black man hugging. It was a little awkward. It was a little strange, but yet it was beautiful. I didn't have to preach to them. I didn't have to do anything but just express the love of God that is in me to them. And here we are hugging in our kitchen. And it was all made possible because I was willing to take a risk. I really do believe the Holy Spirit is going to challenge you uh, today and this week to, to, to not be set in stone where you're unwilling to take risks but you are flexible and you are and let me say this there's been many times where, where I don't take risk as I'm getting older I'm getting more conservative I'm not I'm not as risky as I used to be and really this is not an issue of how old you are you can be 95 years old and still be on the edge and I want you to be on the edge church I want you to 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 allow the Holy Spirit to prompt you to take risks and not be conservative not be held back. This woman with the issue of blood, she took risk and she was rewarded because she stepped out in faith. And Jesus said to her, woman, your faith has made you well. Why? Because she took risk. Number two, she pushed through. And then number three, she fought discouragement. And, and, and you can take those life principles and you can take these lessons and you can apply them to your life. Uh, there's people here today that you're faced with sickness, you're faced with illness, you're faced, faced with disease, and you can identify with this. There, there's other of you, you're not sick at all, but you're caught, and, and, and there's obstacles, 
and there are things in your way and you've got to fight discouragement. You've got to push through and you've got to take risks. And as you reach out and touch him, he's going to reach out and touch you. And all you've got to do is touch the fringe. All you've got to do is be within distance. All you've got to be is just underneath that wing. And the Bible says that the son of righteousness will rise up with healing in his wings. Just touch the tassel. Just touch the fringe. Just take risks and step out in faith. And I don't know what that means to all of you today, but but I pray the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. Just as, as we close uh, our time together, I want to pray for you as we close this series on healing. I want to pray for you one more time that God will heal your body, that God will touch you, and you'll be made whole. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we have a symbol that we can look to that we can reach out and touch the hem, we can reach out and touch the tassel, we can reach out and touch the fringe, and we will be made well. And I pray for your people today. I pray, God, those that are sick in body, I curse disease and sickness in the name of Jesus. And I speak your health, I speak your wellness, I speak your wholeness over them. Holy Spirit, rise up as a son of righteousness with healing in your wings and touch your people and make them well. Uh, we come against discouragement and depression and fatigue and isolation. And Lord, I just pray today that you'll empower your people to take risks and to become all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We'll see you. Stay full of faith. Keep pushing through. Keep pressing on. And uh, God is going to rise up with healing his wings. He's going to be a blessing, and you're going to be a blessing to other people. God bless you. Thanks. Well, I certainly hope that you enjoyed our time together, uh, the beautiful presence of the Lord. I hope that you were inspired today, and your faith was stirred to reach out and to touch uh, the hem of his beautiful garment. I want to pray for you today as we close. Uh, if you're sick in body, if you need a touch, I want to pray for you and greet together as we reach out and touch the Lord as he comes by. So let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are always available and you are ready to heal. We are so encouraged and inspired by all the wonderful hymns that these saints have written hundreds of years ago so that our faith may be well and our faith may be stirred. Thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray for every person listening, those that are sick in body, they're faced with illness and disease and sickness. Lord, we speak your health today. God, as we reach out and touch you, I pray that your healing virtue will go and you will heal and touch people. Lord, your word says that you will rise up with healing in your wings. So today I pray a blessing and a healing over every person that's watching. We trust you today, God. Now, Lord, I thank you for, uh, Lord, your presence to go with us as we go. And we're grateful for that today in the name of Jesus. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. In the name of Jesus, go and be a blessing to the world. God bless you. We'll see you uh, next week here at U, uh, PineCastleUMC.com uh, or on Facebook for our online worship service. God bless you, church. Go and sin no more. Bye-bye.